welcome to Live Free Church. We're a church that's passionate about reaching people at all costs. Here you can find all our recent sermons. We are so glad that you joined us today. We want people to live free lives ultimately found in Jesus because we believe that free people, free people. My name is Colby and welcome to Live Free Church. I'm so glad you're here. We're in a moment in time, a moment um, in our lives where where no one has experienced a pandemic like this. Um, we were actually scheduled to plant a church to this Sunday, actually April 12th, Easter Sunday. And man, like we are grieving the loss. I'm grieving the loss, the fact that I don't get to actually sit in a theater and be with you. Actually, we're going to be live streamed with you in your living room where you get a good cup of coffee. That's for certain. But here's the thing that I kind of am grieving the last few weeks. One, that I don't get to actually sit here and preach a message to you guys that I think is so critical and so important in this time. Also, I think that, that I'm grieving the fact that, that, you know, I'm a homeschool dad, <laughs> right? My kids are grieving the fact that they don't get to be with their best friends at school. You see, we're going through a lot of changes, and this is a moment in our history that's going to be changed. Like, we're never probably going to go back to a new normal. People say all the time that we're going back to a new normal, but I think in this moment, I'm glad that you're here in your living room listening to our live stream because there's a moment right now that I think God actually wants to say something to you. And I just want to share for a few minutes about my story, about my moment in my life, that my life was changed. I grew up in Kelowna. I grew up on 816 Leon Avenue. Pretty average kid. I love to uh, play soccer at Parkinson Rec Center. I um, also like to swim at Gyro Beach in the summers. I was a pretty average kid. Um, my dad owned a tow truck company in, in Kelowna. My mom was, a, was a, an administrative assistant for a banker. She was a bank teller. And so for us, I was a pretty average kid, but something happened in grade six. My friends kind of got into kind of crazy things, into drinking, into drugs. It kind of led us down a kind of a, me down a crazy path. I never went to church as a kid. I never heard about Jesus. And I took my mom coming home one day. I love my mom. She's probably watching right now. And my mom came home one day and said this simple thing. She said, we're moving to Cornell. And I don't know if you've ever been to Quinell. Quinell is a great place to, to drive through. <laughs> and we, we ended up in Quinell and at the end of my grade eight year. And the most interesting thing happened to me in my moment in Quinell, this, this little small town that actually I met Christians for the first time. I met people who loved Jesus. I always thought that Christians were these weird, freakish people that I heard about in The Simpsons. And for this moment, I met Christians who actually loved like no one else ever met before. They lived lives that were full of compassion and grace and forgiveness. I'll never forget a moment sitting around a, a table at dinner at this one family's house. And the dad of this family said, could we all just hold hands and pray before dinner? And I was like, where, where am I? I felt like I was a part of like some sort of sitcom. You see, that was a moment that my life changed. You see, in this skate park in Quinnell, in my grade 10 year, I'll never forget this moment, this youth worker in town, we're skateboarding, he brings us, comes and hangs out with us. And we're sitting down, we're talking to this guy, and we're all drinking Slurpees. And he says, Colby, I'm worried about where you're going to go one day. And maybe you've had this moment before where someone's like, can judge you for something. You know, like someone's con- said something that you actually feel convicted by. And usually your first reaction, no matter what it is, is to be angry. 
right? I remember being like, Jay, how dare you say that to me? Like, how dare you say you're worried about where I'm going to go when I die? Like, I'm actually really kind of pissed in this moment that you actually said that to me. Like, that was the moment that actually changed things because it got me thinking about Jesus. About where am I going to go one day when I die? Because it changed everything about me. This family took me to church, you know, and I've never been to church before, before this moment. I remember going to church and feeling like, you know, like the pastor is going to call me out. I remember singing these songs that, that we sing and feeling like this is so weird. I don't even sing the national anthem at a sports game and we're singing all vocally together. You see, this is a moment where Jesus met me and I met Jesus. It was a moment that, that I was like wrestling this, this idea of who Jesus was. Like, is Jesus really who he says he is? Remember this pastor on this one Sunday in Quinell, and he said, here's the deal, that, that you're broken and sinful people and that Jesus came to live and die and rise again so you could be saved from sin, Satan, and death. And I was like, man, like if Jesus really is who he said he is, if he really lived and died, I should listen to what he says. And so I started reading through some Gospels, and I realized for myself that, that Jesus is real, that he actually loves us. He actually knew me for my whole life. Even when I didn't know him, he knew me. In Psalm 139, it says here that he knit me together in my mother's womb. You see, I remember that moment in that room, that small room in Quinell, that small town, where I gave my life to Jesus. All I said was, God, I am I'm broken. I can't live this life any longer without you. Actually, I want to follow you, Jesus. I put my faith and trust in you and you alone. That I am changed by this event that happened. That's your life, Jesus. Forever I'm changed. You see, maybe for some of us, we're realizing that our world is changing. That we're in a moment in time where things will probably never go back to normal. Like, we'll forever be marked by a moment, this moment, a pandemic, COVID-19. You see, I think for you, if we're to talk about Easter, Easter Sunday, Easter harnesses our faith to something that happened rather than something that we merely believe. The foundation of Christianity isn't a belief. Christians don't believe something is true. We don't just believe that we are, we are to behave a certain way. We believe that something happened. We believe this person existed. We believe an event happened in this person's life that changed not just 10 years, but human history. You see, we believe something happened, something that addresses our greatest fears and consequently diminishes our fear of loss. We believe that history was changed in a moment, and that moment is the resurrection of Jesus. You see, Jesus died on a cross, but he rose from the grave. He rose from the dead. He actually overcame death. You see, maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you don't follow Jesus. Maybe you actually went to church when you were little and you're like, yeah, that's fairy tales, but actually I moved on to more mature things. You see, I'm sure you have good reasons to not follow Jesus. But if you and I were to sit over a great cup of coffee, at Third Space or Canoe or Starbucks, or we go for a beer at Redbird, I don't want to have a conversation with you about some things that I don't think are essential to following Jesus. You see, I don't think the, fir- the first issue I think people get into is, is the Bible true? 
You see, there were Jesus followers 100 years before there ever was a Bible. Like thousands of people followed Jesus before there was ever a book, a compilation of, of letters in eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life, there was followers who bought in on Easter Sunday because they saw something that was real, that was true, that was authentic. You see, so the issue of following Jesus, what I thought I'd love to talk to someone about, is, isn't not whether or not the Bible's true. The second thing is, isn't the issue is in the embarrassing history of the church. That there is an embarrassing history of the church, let's be honest. You know, there is... Decades and decades and decades of embarrassing history of the church. The issue isn't the behavior, values, or discrimination of Christians you've met. I bet you've met people who don't represent Christ the way he'd want to be represented. I've seen those people. I've worked with those people. I've encountered those people. You see, I'd love for you, if I was to have a conversation over a cup of coffee, is to focus your attention on this one thing. The moment that human history was changed forever, not just 10 years, like a pandemic, but forever, that human history is forever changed, started with an event. An event that started it all. The event that we gather to celebrate today is the resurrection of Jesus. You see, Jesus' followers believe Jesus rose from the dead many, many, many years before there was a Bible. People believe Jesus rose from the dead beginning in the morning. He actually rose from the dead. They did exactly what anyone would do if they saw someone rise from the dead. What did they do? They told people about it. They told their neighbors about it. They told their family members about it. They traveled to tell people about it. They had eyewitness accounts of this event written down because they wanted to preserve it. That's what they did. You see, we believe Jesus rose from the dead. Because there are eyewitness accounts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Peter, James, Jesus' brother, and Paul. You see, I think we can relate to the disciples in this story. They gave their lives to something. In a moment, it was all gone. You see, when Jesus' disciples watched him die, they didn't just watch a teacher, a rabbi, as they call him, die. They watched a movement die. They watched the last three years of their lives just washed away. And maybe in this moment, you could see yourself and you could see all the things you've built your life on in this moment are just constantly gone. You have a loss, a loss of maybe a job, a loss of senior friends, a loss of family members. You see, in a moment, these disciples' whole life, the movement they're moving towards is just washed out. You see, there's no disciples sitting outside the tomb, counting down. Like, we can see that now when we read this narrative. But for them, they weren't heroes of the story. They weren't triumphant people waiting outside the tomb going, yeah, I know when Jesus is going to rise from the dead. They were waiting alone, broken, fearful, Fearful for their lives, fearful of being persecuted, fearful of going back to their new normal, knowing that their movement has died. You see, it brings us to a moment in our, time, in our life, a moment in time. A moment where you are sitting there in your living room. And I think this is our moment as a church. This is our moment of live free church. Where, where we get to say that everything has changed. 
And we find ourselves in the story in John 20, verse 1 to 2. And it says here in verse 1, John 20, verse 1, it says here, this is John's eyewitness account. It says here in John 20, verse 1, early on the first day of the week, while still dark, Mary went to the tomb. You see, Mary Magdalene was um, thought to be a prostitute, but actually about 591, Pope Gregory the Great identified her with two other women in the Gospels and she had this reputation of prostitute, but that's not actually the case. There's no reputable scholars that believe that. You see, she was just extraordinarily grateful. Like you, she probably believed Jesus was a very great, profound teacher, a rabbi, a wonder worker, a friend of sinners, someone sent by God. But on Easter Sunday, on Easter morning, she believed that he was dead. And like all of his followers, they believed he was going to stay that way. See, maybe on Easter Sunday, you are sitting there in your living room believing the same things that Mary believed in that moment. That she was going to a tomb to see someone who was a great teacher who ended up being dead. Their movement was gone. It says, it moves on in verse 1. It says, and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. You see, as you know, Jesus was crucified and taken down on the cross on a Friday afternoon. Nicodemus and Joseph of Arathmea begged and bribed Pilate to let them bury the body. Otherwise, Jesus' body would have been dumped in a grave. You see, they did their best to wrap him in clothes and prepare him for burial before sunset because that actually marked the beginning of their Sabbath, their day of rest. See, the body would stay there for a couple, couple years until there was nothing left but bones. And someone would gather those bones up and put in a box, a bone box, an ossuary, where they would actually put it in their house. You see, she was coming in this moment to unbalm him and rebalm him. You see, if it was done in a very quick way, and I imagine she's just like, they probably messed it up, but I'm going to go and redo this. You see, here's a question about you, right? Like, what would it take for you to go and unbalm and rebalm a body, a body that's been beaten and whipped and crucified? Like, I don't know about you, but if you go out, like, to Costco or to shoppers or anywhere, if you go shopping in this moment in our history, like, like, I go to Costco, and I'm like, stay away from me, people. <laughs> I get in line, and you wait with people, but you're socially distanced, right? People are very particular. Don't come near me. Like, get over to my space. What actually happens is you get your cart, but you don't even get your cart initially. They just wipe it down. They hand sanitize you. You do your shopping, and what do you do with the moment you get back in your car, right? You, like, hand sanitize your hands because you want to make sure you're clean, you see, Mary was so moved by someone, by a teacher who was teaching she'd never heard before, that she went to do something that was actually wasn't clean to their cultural circumstances. You see, when Mary saw the tomb, she didn't assume a miracle. You and I get to see the whole story, but she didn't assume a miracle. She wasn't superstitious. She assumed that there had been a grave robber there was no thought of a resurrection. Because I don't know about you, but I've never seen someone rise from the dead. When I've officiated some funerals, death is such a f- permanent thing. No one's ever opened that, that casket. No one's ever come out of the grave. And she has never seen it either. And she was actually expecting Jesus to not be alive. And Mark, in his eyewitness account, said that she was alarmed. 
So she came running in verse 2 to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved, and said they had taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they put him. You see, Peter and John ran right away to the tomb to take a look and they ran off to the city. But Mary, Mary does this amazing thing where she actually returns to the tomb and stays there. You see, the disciples went back to where they were staying, but Mary returned, confused, broken, lost. You see, Mary stood at the tomb crying. She stood outside the tomb crying. Why didn't God come through? It didn't work out. Whom do I trust? Like, don't we all get there eventually? Don't we all get there in a moment where it's like, who do I actually trust? I'm so broken and isolated and alone. You might be there right now with God, with life, with being at home with your kids 24-7, working full-time, being a homeschool parent. Like, we're all in this together, aren't we? But Mary here, sitting outside the tomb, being vulnerable, but she's actually crying, weeping. In verse 11, it says here, she wept and bent over, looking into the tomb, and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said. And I don't know where they put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Like she's moments away, minutes away from understanding the reality of, of Jesus rising from the dead, the resurrection about hope. You see, there's knowledge in Jesus of what he's actually done, this feat that he's actually overcome death that would change everything about her, that would change everything about us. He asks her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was a gardener. That's what it says about, about who she thought he was. Could you imagine for the rest of her life? She's like, I went to the tomb because these other bozos, these other idiots ran back to the city. But I stayed there and I was crying and I saw a gardener. But actually, no, it was Jesus. You see, Jesus moves on the story. He says, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. That sounds like some desperation. Like, tell me where he is and I will find him. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus says, don't hold on to me. You see, it moves back in verse 16, sorry. It says here, Jesus said to her, Mary, he knew her name and everything in that moment changed. You see, everything in that moment changed for her. You see, God knows your name. Like wherever you are right now, sitting in your, in your living room, whether you're in Kelowna or in West Kelowna or in Lake Country or in Cornell or in Salmon Arm, wherever you are, Jesus knows your name. He's known you forever. And it changed everything about Mary. In verse 17, it says here, Jesus says, Don't hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. And Mary went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. That's her second trip that morning. See, God had come through. It did work out. 
She knew whom to trust. Death had been defeated, it's been destroyed, and her life has started over. You see, it's interesting, this moment, nothing in her world changed. Her circumstances in her world changed, but she changed because Jesus was alive. It changed everything for Mary, for his disciples. It changes everything for us. You see, here's the thing about us in this moment in time. If someone predicts his death, his life, his death, and his resurrection, and pulls it off. See, Jesus predicted numerous times in the midst of his life, the documented accounts of his life, that he was going to die, and three days later, he'd, be, he'd rise again. He'd, if someone predicts that and pulls it off, I think we should take a moment and just listen to what, they, what he says. We should listen to this, this person. We should actually read about him. Maybe this, this moment in your life, it actually means turning back to the Gospels. It means actually going back and reading through Mark's account, his eyewitness account. You see, I think there's some, some things that I think we should think about because of the resurrection. Because of Jesus rising from the dead, I want you to know there's three things. First thing is, you can pray knowing that God hears you. Like God knows your name. He hears your prayers. Like that's an amazing thing. That he's not some angry judge just waiting to, to judge you. The jury isn't out. When you believe in Jesus, the jury is in. You're free. You're set free from, from sin, Satan, and death just like Jesus overcame it. So I want the first thing, because of the resurrection, you could know that God, that you, you know, you can know, you can pray knowing that God hears you. The second thing is you can know, you can live knowing there is life beyond this life. I think we're in uncertain times and there's a, a promise here that when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, we can know that nothing could come against us. Just like Mary, right? Nothing in her world around her changed, but she changed. See, this is a moment for us in our living rooms where we actually to be transformed and changed by a, a moment on April 12, 2020, in the midst of a pandemic. We need to know that you can live knowing there's life beyond this life. The third thing I want you to, to know is that you can live a free life found in him alone. You see, I think I see a lot of my friends and my family members and there is so much fear in our lives. Like, I don't know about you, but I've been consumed by so many hours on Twitter and social media of just consuming news, like our premier and then our prime minister and newscasts, and I'm just like so consumed by, by, by news and by fear. But when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, when you follow him, you can live a free life found in him alone. That's what we call our church, church Live Free Church. Because when you put your faith in him, it makes you free. It makes you free to be the person that God created you to become. You see, it was Jesus who taught us to address God as our Heavenly Father and taught us that he hears our prayers and even knows what we need before we even ask it. It was Jesus who said he was going to the Father to prepare a place for his children. It was Jesus who said over and over and over again that what we do in this life will be rewarded on his behalf in heaven. You see, here's the thing. Here's a moment for us, for you and for myself. If you never put your faith in Jesus as your Savior, I think you should consider this. This is your moment. 
This is your moment, my friend. The issue isn't, are Christians perfect? Or is the church perfect? Those are not the issues. The issue is, who is Jesus? See, on Easter, that question was answered. It is that he, Jesus is exactly who he claimed to be, Lord and Savior. And I think it's worth your consideration. So I'm just going to pray. And all I'm asking in this moment, if you would love to say, this is my moment of not just considering Jesus, but following him. You know, all it is is simply saying, Jesus, I'm all in. I want to follow you. I'm a broken person. I'm full of fear and anxiety. And I want to, I want to believe in you and you alone. I want to commit my life to you, Jesus. It's that simple. Just saying, I'm all in on your kingdom. This isn't about me anymore. This is about what you're doing, Jesus. It's about you changing human history and everything in that moment changed. So let's pray. And I'm going to actually um, just pray a prayer and you just pray it with me in your mind. So God, I pray that this is a moment that we're changed forever. A moment in human history that changes us. I look at my own life for some of us who are sitting in our living rooms, drinking a cup of coffee with our kids, probably running like maniacs in the background, being distracted by social media. Lord, we sit in this moment and we see that we are broken people. That I need you, Jesus. That there's nothing in my life like you. I want to believe in you. That you lived, but Jesus, that you died and you rose again that you overcame everything for us. So Jesus, we want to follow you for the rest of our lives, that we actually want to put our faith and trust in you and for every moment from now on, Lord, that we'd actually be found in you and you alone, that this would be our moment in human history in time. This would be a moment that we look back on years and years and years from now, that in a pandemic in 2020, Lord, that we gave our lives to you, that we actually want to follow you, that we want to be passionate about what you're doing in our lives in this moment God, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share with your friends. We would love for you to join our movement. All you have to do is go to livefree.church to join us.